You know, I guess, <clears throat> I guess if I keep saying every Sunday, well, I hope you enjoy the snow, eventually that will come to pass. <laughs> kind of like a clock that uh, it's right twice a day, even though it doesn't work, you know. So enjoy the snow if it comes. I've been dealing with questions that I, that I label <clears throat> the, human, the human condition questions that we've dealt with. Uh, over the past few weeks. Today I'll finish up, but it's going to be a series of questions. Ultimately, ultimately the question is that I'll be looking at, we'll be looking at is, who can we go to? Now, we're going to read how that that question was asked when, when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he had lost some of his popularity, but that, that was a very important question. Who, who can we go to? Well, it depends on what you're after, what you're looking for. Uh, obviously, right now, in our culture and day and time, uh, depending on if you want to, uh, you know, learn a hack in the kitchen, which I love hacks, mainly because uh, they actually are shortcuts. You know, when you get a hack on how to do something, it's usually a shortcut. And I, lo- I love shortcuts. Um, but it depends on what we're after. It depends on what we are interested in that we can get to an answer to this question. Well, who do we go? If you have a legal problem, you, you, know, you ask that question, well, who can I go to? You go to an attorney or you go to a physician if it's a medical or you go to uh, a plumber if it's an issue like that. It depends on what you're after, what you're looking for, that we can answer that question. The problem is that in our lives, we, we don't always give pause or at least uh, enough thought as to um, what we should be considering that we're, that we're pursuing. You see, Jesus taught, and this is going to be the precursor to everything I'm going to get into this morning in this passage. Previously, Jesus had taught that it doesn't gain anyone anything if they gain the whole world, but they end up losing their soul. Uh, he also said and taught that the way to, to righteousness or the way to eternal life is a very, very narrow road. Uh, the, the road to destruction is very broad. A lot of people walk it, but not many people walk that road uh, that's a small door eternal life. And so as Jesus was teaching this, it began to put a little more of a reality on what it meant to be a a follower of Jesus Christ. There was a point in time in church history where being a Christian was actually um, politically correct. In other words, it was the right thing to do. And um, uh, it was back when it was declared in the Roman Empire by an emperor uh, that the Christianity should be the national religion. Well, it became very important, you know, so I want to become a Christian for that reason. But biblically, and by the example of Jesus Christ, we are taught and we are told and guided that this needs to be a very, very uh, serious decision that someone makes because there are all kinds of alternatives that we can pursue. For instance, if I'm not interested in, in like eternal life or Christian, the Christian life, 
There's a lot of people I can go to to get answers to all kinds of things that I want. If I want to learn how to put on makeup better, I can go to an influencer. I, if I want to learn how to uh, never pluck my eyebrows again, I can do that. If I want to learn how to put on a different shade of lipstick, uh, I, can, I, can go, I can go and find places that I want to do that. But when it comes to eternal life or the life that counts... This is what this actually deals with. And what Jesus teaches, and it's, and it's a hard lesson to learn. It really is hard, which we'll see. Jesus teaches that the things of this life don't really have that much value. If you, if you, if you have a category and you put a line down the middle of a page and you have things that are not eternal and things that are eternal... I think we'd be surprised how many we have on that non-eternal side that we're pursuing after, and yet Jesus says, that doesn't matter. That doesn't count. It doesn't have any value whatsoever. So, uh, Jesus had taught uh, previously to this that uh, in his sayings that he was the one that people had to follow and believe in. He was the one that was called the bread of heaven, bread that came down from heaven. He also said, he said, don't don't work or labor after the meat which perishes. In other words, don't labor your whole life for things of this life that don't last. He said, instead, uh, labor for the things that last into eternal life. So that was kind of the precursor of that. Well, obviously... The more he spoke about that, uh, the less interested people seem to become. And so let's, let's read there, and we'll kind of get a picture of this. After Jesus had taught these things, that he was the bread and they had to follow him and don't labor after things of this life, they don't have any value, it says, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Well, see, that's the first question that I want to deal with because there's a series of them that leads us to that final question. It's a hard saying. You know, who can understand it? Well, the difficulty of Christianity or of the Christian life is is actually twofold. On, On one hand, what we find is that it demands or requires a surrender of our lives to Jesus Christ. In other words, he becomes our example. He becomes our, our pattern. But that's not the only problem. The other problem that seems to challenge people is, is that he expects and has a very high standard of how we behave. And not everyone wants to buy into that. I mean, not everyone wants to say, okay, well, I'll live like Jesus Christ taught me to live or teaches me to live. Not everyone wants to do that because we all like to at least keep one hand in our pocket to uh, live like we want to. And so the problem is that, that that's when that question is, who can, under, who can embrace this? Who's willing to do that? Well, we know that obviously there were many who did, that ultimately they made that, that ultimate final decision, yes, I'm going to follow God. You know, Jesus had taught previously to this in this passage. He said, you know, I'm the living, I am the living bread, and I've come down from heaven. If anyone partakes of me, he shall live forever. Those are 
Those are hard things to understand. How is it that we, uh, that we live our lives like we do? Because honestly, every day we are faced with what? Things that don't matter. We're faced with having to provide about things that don't matter. And Jesus, uh, on the other hand, is telling us, don't worry about that. So when Jesus saw that people were saying, this is hard, this is a hard saying, Jesus knew in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, and then he asked the question, does this offend you? And it's a very pointed question that Jesus asks that I think is still appropriate today. There are some things in the Christian life that are easy. You know, it's easy to do certain things, but it's not so easy to do everything that he talks about. And it it sometimes can become almost, I think, almost like a stumbling block. That's what he said. Does this offend you? Does this cause you to stumble? Uh, When he was talking about that, he, he, I'm sure, made reference and had already about Another passage that he taught about before you become a Christian, you sit down and you count the cost. And he gave an example of that. He says, which of you, when you're getting ready to build a tower, do you not first sit down and count your materials to make sure that you have enough to finish? And he uses another example about going to battle and war. The point being that if it offends us, then we're not taking into account the real cost of that. And I have to say there are some things that, that do sometimes cause us in our Christian life, they're hard to do. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to turn the other cheek if someone talks about you. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to go the extra mile. It's a hard thing to forgive someone who has wronged you. Yet, we are told that's how we're to live. And Jesus says, does that, does that offend you? Well, no, it's, it doesn't necessarily offend me, but it is hard to, to do that. And so, you know, the Christian life is one that we, though we are confronted every day with, with the things of this life that actually don't matter, we still nonetheless have to live within that. So, Jesus then explains to his disciples when he says, well, does this offend you? He says, it's the spirit that gives life. He says, the flesh profits nothing. And that was very striking to me as I was reading and thinking about it, is that everything that we are doing every day that we are confronted with actually doesn't profit anything. You know, remember last week I gave uh, the example of the rich fool. Barnes, he was going to build new barns. He had a great crop and everything. And he said to himself, well, what will I do? Okay, this is what I'll do. I'll build big barns. I'll fill them. I'll live the rest of my life on that. But that very night, God required his soul. And God asked him, now, whose things are these that you have provided for? That's the point that Jesus is making, is that The things of this world that we worry and that we fret and that we are just sometimes so stressed over, those things don't really matter when it comes to what life is actually all about. There's a difference between life and living. We live our lives in this world and we live, we do the best we can, but that's not life. That's living in this life, 
But that's not eternal life, and that's not what he talks about. And again, eternal life is a hard thing uh, for people to, to grapple with. I mean, it's a hard, hard thing. It's interesting that in our, in our country, in our culture right now, we're approaching probably one of the lowest uh, percentages of people who believe in God and who are willing to attend church service of some sort. Uh, and so because it's slowly diminishing about people who want to believe in God, of course it's going to be a hard saying. It's a very difficult thing to understand if you are not searching after God. Now, if you are, it's a different thing. But then he goes ahead to say, he says, the words that I speak to you are spirit. They are life. So the point that he's making to these people, uh, to his disciples, is, look, the Christian life it delivers incredible returns, but it is a difficult walk. And you need to understand and not be offended and not be stumbling over it because this is what I expect. What does he expect? Love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and spirit. That shouldn't offend us, but sometimes, sometimes it does. Then it, the scriptures say, but there were some of you, he, he said to them, there are some of you who do not believe. I thought about that, and I thought about certain things that Jesus had said will always be in place, always. This is one of them. There will always be non-believers. It's just the world we live in. He also said, you'll always have the poor among you. We'll always have poverty. He also said, in this world, you'll always have trials and tribulations. Well, that's kind of a hard thing to to navigate, but it is the case for us nonetheless. So after he said that, then this is what the scriptures say. From that time on, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. We like to think about when Jesus was very, very popular, and he was. Uh, when he first began his ministry, the people clamored. They could not get enough of Jesus Christ. They would travel from village to village, wanting to hear his words, wanting to just get close to him. Examples of, of people wanting to just like Zacchaeus climbing up in a tree, doing foolish things, actually. Climbing up in a tree just so he could see him. Or the woman who had been sick for 12 years, making her way through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment. They, they wanted to be close to him. But things have changed. Now, as they begin to hear what the Christian life or serving God is all about, it's hard. It causes some of them to stumble. And in this case, it says many of them went back and walked with him no more. It seems to be that for whatever reason, people just thought, well, I'm not going to listen. I'm going to go a different way. And we still have that scenario today. I mean, there are people, as Jesus gave the parable of the good seed, sometimes people receive the word of God very quickly, and it just is joyous, and then all of a sudden, they just kind of flitter away. Another time, they hear the word of God, and they've got so much evil in their life and in their past that the devil comes and just plucks it up and never gives it a chance to take root in their heart. Even today, we have the scenario where people will just... Go another way, for, what, for whatever reason. But what that tells me is that they are not looking for eternal life. 
Because if we're looking for eternal life, we only have one source that actually spells it out with, in my mind, with clarity about how it is that we can gain eternal life. And that's what Jesus says. You take me in, you hear my words and you follow them, you will have life eternal. So uh, many began to just go away. They went astray. They didn't. And then he asked his disciples this question. Do you also want to go away? Now that is where we are today, I think, in my mind. Do you too want to go away? In other words, a lot of people are doing this. A lot of people are going this way. Do you want to do that? That is a fundamental question that all Christians need to get settled in, the, in our minds, is that no matter what the multitudes, what the voices, no matter what the culture, no matter what's out there, we should, we're going to be asked, do we want to follow that too? Paul gave some very instructive guidance about that to the church at Rome. Do not be conformed to the world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when he asked his disciples, well, do you also want to go away? He was giving them the opportunity, letting them choice. And it is, it's, it, it's, it's a decision about reality and about the Christian life. You know, I'd... You know, I'd, I would love to be able to tell everyone in the, in the Christian life, oh, everything will work out great. You know, once you become a Christian, everything's just going to be hunky-dory and everything's great. You'll never have a, 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 another problem. I'd love to tell people that and make, make it a lot easier, but it's a, it's a flat-out lie. It's not true. Once you become a Christian, you begin to battle things that you didn't think you would ever have to battle. You begin to see things in a different light. You begin to realize that everything you have chased after and wanted and desired actually have no value at all and don't help you in the end. Whereas, if I get more concerned about the end and life, eternal life, kind of like the old saying, prepare to meet thy God, believe me, the older you get, the more you think about preparing to meet God. But when you give thought about that, then it begins to determine who I want to go to to get an answer about this. And that's exactly what happened. When Jesus asked the disciples, he said, well, do, do you also want to go away like everyone else? Do you want to go where they go and seek who they seek? And it was Peter who had an incredible statement, and it was in the form of a question. Well, Lord, he said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So when I thought about that, I thought, well, you know, it's something that we each know in our heart about who we're always wanting to follow. To me, and I, and I know I, I, I kind of hijack phrases from our culture, but the greatest influencer that you can ever follow right now is Jesus Christ. He is the greatest influencer for everything in your life. Now, he won't teach you how to do your eyebrows. And he won't teach you how to put on foundation makeup. He won't teach you those things. But he will teach you how it is and what to do to please God, your Heavenly Father. And that's what gives us that life that we desire so, so distinctly. 
you know, we can fill our days with, the, with a lot of stuff. But as Jesus taught, these things don't matter. And in fact, they actually obscure what is the more fundamental question. And that is, who has, who has words of eternal life? And only Jesus Christ does. So uh, when he said, when Peter said, well, Lord, to whom, to whom shall we go? You, you have the words of eternal life. That was very, very similar to what Peter had already confessed at another time. One day Jesus was talking to the disciples and he asked this question. He said, who, who do men say that I am? And the disciples all pitched in and said, well, some say you're John the Baptist raised from the dead. And others say you're Elijah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus looked at him and he said, but who do you say I am? And Peter just blurted out, well, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And what Jesus said then tells me that he's the right person to go to. What he said to Peter was, he said, blessed art thou, Simon of Barjona, Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So, who do we go to? Well, if it's about eternal life and it's, if it's about God, we need to go to Jesus Christ. Read what he says, follow what he says, set the example. Now, if we're not interested in that, believe me, there's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of people you can go to to find out anything and everything, but not about eternal life. Only Jesus Christ is the one that can tell us about what true life is. So, in closing, I'd like to, I, I'd like to reemphasize what Jesus Christ taught. Given the world, given everything that we have, and given all the experts that we're around, that we read day in and day out, we need to remember what Jesus Christ said about, about these words. He said, heaven and earth are going to pass away, but my words will never pass away. So, to answer the question, who can we go to? Jesus Christ, if you're interested in eternal life. Otherwise, you can go to any, anywhere else. So, let's pray, all right? Father, we thank you this morning for the time to be in your house. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your favors. We thank you, Lord, for your guidance and protection. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to guide us, sometimes with the, some of the most simple yet profound scriptures that tell us very simply that we have to come to you and look to you for our answers about eternal life. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to be with our church and our church family, and we'll give you praise for it in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning and take just a moment. You can pray where you are in your pew, or if you would like to come forward and pray at the altar, you can do that, and some will come and pray with you, I promise you. But as we sing, what page, Ed? 249. 249. We'll sing one verse unless someone would like to come, others would like to come to this morning. Find it.